0: This is NPR's Life Kit. young adult or YA genre features resourceful protagonists who are often still figuring things out about the world and about themselves. There's more to it, of course, a lot more, but whether you're a longtime fan or just thinking about how and where to get started with YA, we've got you covered with some recommendations, some thoughts about what makes YA YA, and some things to look for as you wade into the inviting but turbulent waters of young adult fiction. I'm Glenn Weldon, I'm a co-host of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, and we're teaming up with Life Kit to offer you a beginner's guide to YA. Joining me in this endeavor is a panel of four real experts in the genre. First up is Aidan Thomas. He's the author of the YA novels Lost in the Neverwoods and Cemetery Boys. Welcome, Aidan. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Also with us is Lone Le, author of the YA rom-com A Fuh Love Story and the forthcoming novel Solving for the Unknown. She's also an editor at Atria Books. Thanks for joining us, Lone.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And routing out this all-star panel is Gabby Rivera, the author of Juliet Takes a Breath, and the writer of the much-missed Marvel comic America about queer superhero America Chavez. Hey, Gabby.
2: Hey, how are you? I'm so excited to be here.
0: Uh, This is going to be fun. Okay, now we're starting. It's a big topic. And the last thing I wanted to do was start with something like Webster's defines YA as. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, a good working definition would be useful. No? I mean, I've seen some critiques of the Appalachian young adult, those who dismiss it as, well, it's just a marketing term. But if you think about it, every genre Begins life as a marketing term. It's a way to signal to readers that this book has certain things in common with other books you might like. So, Aiden, let me start with you. When you think of YA uh, as a reader and as a writer, what are some of the characteristics, the commonalities? I was going to say genre parameters, but <laughs> genres tend to be pretty squishy, right? So, what are some of the yeah. things you're thinking about?
3: Um, well, for me, I guess if. I feel like I get to go first so I get like the easy answers. So like the protagonist should probably be between 13 and 18 years old is a pretty Uh, standard way to start it with. Um, But I also think that you need to be thinking about themes um, specifically. Like teens have different worries than adults. Mm -hmm. I would even argue that teens make far worse decisions than adults. So (laughs) the plot is always (laughs) going to be a little bit more haywire. Uh Um, And another big one, I would say, is the coming-of-age stories. There's some sort of element, there's some sort of event that they're working towards, whether it's, you know, their first time playing in the school theater, or Mm -hmm. it's, like, graduating from high school. Um, Those really big, like, milestones that most, if not all of us, have gone through as teens um, make up a majority of what you're going to be seeing in uh, young adult
0: stories. Okay. Lone, uh, a similar question for you, though I want to get your take as someone working in publishing. Give me some common themes, some characteristics.
1: Yeah, sure. I think I, I always think of young adult as there's heightened emotions or heightened feelings, uh-huh. because at this age, a lot of the characters are experienced their first, um, you know, maybe their first prom, their first love, or or something like that. But the feelings in in YA are very prioritized. And so working in publishing, I work with adult fiction. And for me, I think adults are probably a little bit more tired or jaded. (laughs) They've already already had their first. They've had their second, third, Uh et cetera. I think young adults, their identities are still forming. They're trying to figure out who they are. So they're asking, who am I? But for adults, it's almost as if they have this – sometimes they have this false sense of who they are. They say, this is who I am. Uh But then something, an event happens that makes them – just rethink yeah. their whole entire identi- identity. And for me, I work mostly with mystery suspense thrillers, so it's almost as if um the adults in adult fiction are unlearning everything they knew right. and they're trying to they're trying to move forward, but they have to also look at the past uh-huh. to move forward.
0: That's fascinating because, again, as kids and as, as young adults, we t- kind of define ourselves in opposition to something before we figure out <laughs> – what we find out what we're against versus we fi- what we figure out what we, we are. Uh, Gabby, so I'm hearing the theme of discovery, of self-discovery. But you mentioned to our producers something that really struck me. You said that this genre often has a goofiness, a levity, an angst to it. <laughs> now, that sounds very Marvel to me, right? Angst plus goofiness. <laughs> so t- so uh, <laughs> tell, me more, tell me more about that.
2: Well, listen, I mean, for Julia Takes a Breath, she's 19. So I'm like flirting with the YA, (laughs) end of the road sort of genre, like in between high school and college. And so Mm -hmm. um, first and also Aiden and Lone, y'all are just you said it that those are the YA aspects. But (laughs) there is that messiness, that gorgeous messiness. And the jokes, right? Like when you write YA, teenagers are always (laughs) snapping on each other and cracking jokes and Mm -hmm. going through really dark things with like sharp wit and humor. And there's just something magical there in YA, that sometimes I don't experience in adult fiction. Like it is very much like we're sad or yeah. <laughs> <Well>, we're <laughs> treated. And it's like the jokes just, you know, they aren't there. And so YA allows for that like taste of real life, you know, that authentic snapshot of what it is to mm-hmm. be fumbling with all your best intentions forward and like doing your best, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Some listeners are thinking, look, I I read YA growing up. We all did. Young protagonist, fumbling, (laughs) self-discovery humor. But once I grew up, I stopped because X, Y, and Z. And I do want to spend more time in this conversation talking about what makes this genre great as opposed to what some devotees of what you were mentioning, Gabby, literary serious fiction, uh, say about it. Because at the end of the day, what they say about this genre is what they say about all genres. And it's just not Mm -hmm. interesting. Also, they seem at the same time blissfully unaware that literary fiction is itself a genre, but that's a discussion right. for another day. <laughs> what are some of the common misconceptions that, if you could wave a wand and just dispel some of them instantly, what are some of the big ones that uh, you'd want to dispel?
3: The big one for me that just kind of drives me absolutely bananas is that people assume that a style, that the style of the book is written, needs to be simplified just because it's for younger readers, mm-hmm. and that they either like can't handle um, more literary. Prose, which is absolutely ridiculous. We have so many incredibly talented, like, literary authors within the YA genre. A.M. McLemore being one of my absolute all-time favorites. And I think that's um, also really just doing a disservice to... Uh, young adults and just kind of assuming that oh you're not smart enough to kind of understand these really dark and deep things or whatever uh-huh. and it's like uh-huh. no <laughs> we're, they're, doing they're smart just fine. they're
1: smarter than us probably
3: adults uh-huh. uh, like yeah <laughs> and um, people or adults rather assume that the problems in uh, young adult books are very like trivial. Which is so completely untrue. The problems and hardships that young adults face are very real and like very intense. And there's trauma. Um, it's just the adult tendency to kind of write off uh, young adults, almost like they don't remember when they used to be one. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, in, in yeah. literary fiction, it's small epiphanies. In YA, it's the world is ending. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I loved your explanation. I think for for me, um, I've seen both people dismiss YA as trivial. But then when I was growing up, I remember there was discussions about YA being too dark huh. or too, um, the things in the novel can't be discussed. Sure. I think there is a natural desire to avoid dark topics, but I think it's also important to bring those dark topics into the life. They can start conversations when people are growing up, I think it allows parents maybe to talk to children about certain topics that they wouldn't have otherwise talked about. It, it's a great conversation starter. So sometimes YA gets the bad rep of being too dark or, you know, too heavy.
0: And mm-hmm. Gabby, magic wand.
1: Listen, magic
2: wand. <laughs> I feel like YA also gets hit with the like uh, anti-feminist like feminist sentiment, right? We hate the things that make us feel soft, that like lean towards the feminine, right? Like the same way rom-coms get a bad rap or like, you know, we dismiss things that are geared towards younger people, even comics, right? Oh, you're not reading a real book. You're reading a comic or a graphic novel. And it's like, uh, no. (laughs) We don't need that. I think YA is one of the like last radical bastions of like free speech, you know what I mean? And like public education. It's like one of the places where you can have a whole chapter on like, learning about your body it's places to talk about uh coming out as non-binary places to talk about the abuse like lone was saying the dark stuff that still Mm -hmm. really happens and deserves that tender care and deserves to be explored with humor and grace like ya is fun and and goofy but also like not easy, right? And and mm-hmm. what do they say, right? All things worth having is like things that you have to go through. They're not easy things. Um and so, you know, when we let patriarchy dismiss things, we miss out on on so much wonder and so much exploration. And YA is here to do that.
0: Mhm. Um, Let me ask briefly on something you've touched on, the culture of YA. There is a lot of discussion of this genre online. When you're reading YA alone, when you're editing it, and especially when all three of you are writing YA, which features young protagonists, as you mentioned, and it's read by a lot of young people, how much do you all deal with, think about the notion of pearl clutching that might happen. You know, this think of the children kind of thing where whether that is coming from the right, you know, we're we're like, why are you depicting teenagers as sexual beings? Why are you thinking that they think about gender and class and and, and race? Or if it's coming from the left, right? Where it's like, okay, you're writing this person of color character, this queer character, this trans character as a flawed human being. Uh, Therefore, they are not an idealized representation of a community that has long been marginalized. Therefore, they are harmful to that community. I mean, that seems like a impossible needle to thread. How do you guys deal with it?
1: I would think about my my teenage cousin and the things that I would discuss with my cousin all the time. Sure. And that's how I write the book of like, as if it's a conversation. You know, w- w- would you like this kind of guy? Or would you like this kind of person? Or mm-hmm. I try not to get so caught up in this huge top because i'm just one person i'm mm-hmm. just one author writing within this huge spectrum right so trying to trying to think of individual ideas within the the topic helps
3: mm-hmm. yeah and like Another part of it is that it's impossible to make everybody happy it's impossible to have this perfect representation and like what that means to everyone who's gonna pick up your book for me personally when I'm writing stories and you know which largely center around trans and uh, queer kids um it's like i'm not I'm not writing this book to satisfy everybody I am writing this book in order to like make a like, one kid feel seen and understood and to Mm give that representation, then I will have done my job. Like, it's my responsibility to protect my readers, absolutely, but I'm also not going to shy away from heavy or dark topics just because it makes adults uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because, like, for far too long, especially for trans kids, um, there's been no representation. And then Mm -hmm. I don't want to do a disservice to them by, like, pulling punches. But at the same time kind of going back to what Gabby was saying about the goofiness, all of my stories are going to have that level of goofiness just because it's kind of authentic <laughs> to, like, the teen experience. Sure. But also yeah. because I want to provide that, like, that humor while also alongside these really, you know, intense conversations. Yeah, it's a it's a tightrope block, but...
1: Yeah, it's a really yeah. delicate balance of specific and universal. Right. Um, yes. All authors in general, Ugh. It's it's rough.
2: Yeah, I mean, Aiden, I'm there with you, like, queer Latinx butch over here. And, like, you know, yeah. people want to talk about harm and creating real characters that do terrible things. Well, you know what? I don't need that necessarily all the time in my YA. I got enough of that mm-hmm. in the real world. So when I write, I think of, like, that joy, right? Where can I make a space that is, like, soft and loving and also fun and, like, opens up discussions of things that we're usually not allowed to talk about yeah. in my writing. Can I like offer and be like, hey, you deserve to live and live good and like have a blast. You know what I mean? And like all this harm that is happening to you in the outside world. Yeah, we can talk about it. But also like, are you going to feel fly and sexy and like you're the <laughs> and most powerful kid that ever lived? Because that's yes. what, what I want you to walk away with this feeling. And anyone who's critiquing on the other end of it, I'm like, go fight in the real world. Go ahead. Take all that energy <laughs> yeah. and go fight for our rights in the real world. And then you can come to the YA and talk to me about how
3: to write my story. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. Like, it's just too much. hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, that's another problem, isn't it? That people polarize everything. It's like, well, it has to be, it's too violent, so it has to be soft. Or it's too soft, so it needs to be more exciting. When it's like, or we could just have options in every genre, (laughs) every level of like pain and comfort, like, like, that's fine. Yeah. We just need more books so that people can, like, pick and choose. Yes.
2: <laughs> I agree with everything. Like, the having more stories that reflect folks, especially, like, fat-bodied folks, disabled folks, like, folks with, you know, neurodivergences and just different experiences, right? Give me the, like, you know, 15-year-old non-binary kid who's a santero. <laughs> Let us... Not even let us, right? And I don't even think we're like marginalized. You just have to disrupt the power. So put your money and backed books that are created by us, right? Put your money there. Give us the like, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but any super high profile author, when they come out with books, there's billboards and stuff everywhere. Do that for queer POC creators as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Like, yes,
2: please. Yeah. you know, I mean, you know, yeah. like, make it fun, yeah. <laughs> go hard, you got the money. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So what I'm hearing is, let me see some versions of myself, but also let me jump into somebody else's head and look around for a bit, because that's kind of what fiction exists to do. Now, we want this episode to be a jumping off point, but there's so much more. To the genre to explore that we can get to in this conversation. So where should listeners start if they're looking to find places where they can do a deep dive, where they can find communities of people who would recommend something tailored to their experience or tailored to the opposite of their experience? What communities do you guys frequent, online or elsewhere? Oh, my well, gosh.
1: Well, oh, there are so many. Um, but one that's upcoming that I think will be amazing, and it's the first time that's happening, it's called Book Talk. So B-O-O-K. Yeah, my favorite. T A L K, but it is basically book talk, as in books on TikTok. And these creators, Uh. these wonderful, very smart, just so smart um, YA readers from BookTok, are creating this like event for for YA. um, You know, talk about YA books. There's going to be so many panels. There's going to be a variety of authors like to to talk about their books and to talk about special topics and, and everything. So. That's like kind of, you know, if you just want to like listen, Mm -hmm. you know, listen to um, what's happening in YA, I think that's going to be a great event. Following different imprints Mm -hmm. of of publishers um, is another good choice. They're doing a great job marketing different types of books within, you know, YA YA rom-com, YA historical fiction, YA sci-fi, everything, you know, different genres. So those are my top two. Okay.
2: Yeah, listen Lone, I'm into all of that. I don't have TikTok yet because I am old. <laughs> but yeah, <don't>... I... <laughs> Thirty-eight, y'all. Thirty-eight. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you, uh, do reels.
0: It's so much fun. Do reels on Instagram. It's like well, it's like say, training Instagram. wheels. That
2: is it. <laughs> yeah. Follow the bookstagrammers yeah. on Instagram. Like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. reads bow ties and books. Perpetual pages. Like oh. there are so many folks doing incredible. Like. Threads and and, and posts on books that they love in all sorts, you know, for Mexican youth, for disabled youth, for, I don't know, people who want to be astronauts. Like there's a bookstagrammer person uh, out there doing it and they're just so fun Mm -hmm. and like they really do boost awareness of uh, YA books.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely correct. And kind of just going with that, booktube is always really great. Mm -hmm. I like consuming like long form media sometimes when I'm like, Doing chores, so I find BookTube really helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also massively obsessed with TikTok. And Gabby, I am so upset that you're not on TikTok <laughs> because it is the most chaotic and it is <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, and like half my feed is just like book talkers who are talking about different kinds of books Absolutely. and introducing me to titles. And it's, I love it, it's so much fun.
2: Oh, listen, and if we're going analog. Your local bookstore, especially your local you feminist <laughs> yep. bookstore
1: and You're the going. libraries.
2: You don't even know. Librarians are in there waiting to guide you to the magical mm-hmm. land of the book that was meant for you. And I'm telling <laughs> you, like, if you need a day to take yourself on a date, go to your local bookstore, go to your library and say, hey, get I would a coffee, love to read Hawaii. And they will mm-hmm. psh, open the the gates of heaven for you.
0: Okay, well, we're not librarians, but we can crack the door of heaven open a little bit with some recommendations. So let's start with Aiden. Give me a pick.
3: Okay, so my new recent obsession, I haven't even finished it yet, but it's already one of my new favorites, is Gearbreakers by Zoe Hannah Makuta. And, and I am so obsessed with this book. I am a huge fan of Pacific Rim and mm-hmm. Pierce Brown's Red Rising saga. And this book is absolutely perfect for those sorts of fans it's a queer sci-fi book with mecca fighting machines there's found Ooh. family there's sapphic romance and like those really messy kind of chaotic relationships that we just talked about we love it <laughs> so much it's we have it in spades for gear and i um am so excited to finish reading it and there's also going to be a second book so y'all need to begin on that one because it's it's incredible. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's Gearbreakers by Zoe Hanamakuta. Uh, boy, there's so much YA dystopian fiction out there. It's like we are collectively telling the younger generations, get ready. The ice shelf has melted. Here's some life hacks you're going to need. Okay. Uh, alone, give me your pick.
1: Glenn, you were mentioning that you had read YA growing up and then there was a period you stopped that was my experience as well. But, you know, after college, I picked up this book called I'll Give You the Sun by Jandy Nelson. And this is for anyone who thinks that YA is one note or recycled or petty, um, because you're reading this book and it's, it's going to make you cry. It's going to make you feel everything, I think. All, all of the feels, as people say these days. It represents so much of humanity. There's a journey to find your identity. There's some romance. There's gay characters. There are There's a deep exploration of parents and children, their relationship, and also their relationship between siblings, too.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: about fraternal twins that in the present day, they're like around 16. They used to be so close, but now they don't really talk to each other anymore. They're in different circles of life. So you're getting the present day through one teenager's eyes, and then the other perspective is from another one in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's almost as if the past is kind of catching up to the present, and it's brilliantly done. You really, truly... Feel everything.
0: Oh, that's fantastic! That sounds kind of like the exactly the kind of nuance that too many people think this genre doesn't do. So mm-hmm. that's great. It's a great pick. I'll give you the sun by Jandy Nelson. All right, Gabby, give me a pick.
2: Felix Ever After by Kacen Callen. Yes, Halliday. yes. <laughs> and the cover is astounding out. too. It is just glorious. It is the like one of the quintessential. YA books, especially for queer black kids, queer kids of color. Like it takes place in Brooklyn, New York, right? So that all that energy, that New York grit and hustle and like chaos and love is just on every page. It's the first book I've ever read that the character was just already trans, right? Like Uh Mm -hmm. Right? There's no like, oh, what am I? Like, there is a little bit. There are explorations of gender. But your main Mm -hmm. character is Black, is trans, is an artist, is trying to figure out their life. And it Mm -hmm. is just so beautiful and fun. And they do it. Felix is looking for love in one of those... (laughs) like kind of like self-hating teenager kind of way sure where you're are. like, I'm not worthy, but I want love. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just rooting for Felix the whole time. And the cast of characters is like every teenage group of friends you've ever wanted to have or you've ever been a part of. Or if you're from New York that you've ever seen on the train, just acting up.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it's just it's just lovely. It's such a gift from Kaysen to us, Felix Ever After.
0: Okay, that sounds fantastic. I love books where queer is the starting-off point, not the hand-wringing. The entire arc is what am I, what am I, what am I? That sounds amazing. That's Felix Ever After by Kacen Callender. We want to know what your favorite YA reads are. Find us at facebook.com slash pchh and on Twitter at pchh. And that brings us to the end of our show. Man, thanks to all of you for being here and for those this great conversation. Thank
2: you. There's was so Thank much fun. Thank you so fun. much for having Yeah, thanks for fun. having us. Life Kit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want even more recommendations for books, TV, movies, and more, check out our podcast, Pop Culture Happy Hour. We've done daily episodes for all your pop culture needs. And for more Life Kit, go to npr.org slash Life Kit. There are episodes on everything from how to manage your anger, how to manage your budget and if you love life kit and want more subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash LifeKit newsletter and now as always a completely random tip howdy this is leo calling from brooklyn um if you have scratches on your hardwood floor and you take a walnut and rub it on the scratches they will disappear If you've got a good tip, leave us a voicemail at 202 216 9823 or email us a voice memo at lifekit at npr.org. This episode was produced by Candice Lim and Andy Tagle. Special thanks to Jessica Reedy. Megan Kane is the managing producer, and Beth Donovan is our senior editor. I'm Glenn Weldon. Thanks for listening.
2: NPR's Planet Money Summer School is back. This season is all about investing. We've got stories of big bets, bubble spotting, and cute animals, too. Every Wednesday till Labor Day from NPR's Planet Money.